This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and you're listening to the London, London is Blue podcast. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. I, of course, am Nick, joined by Jesse and Abdullah for a special end-of-season episode, the prestigious uh, LIBP Awards episode spectacular extravaganza. I think that's the full title. We'll, we'll go with that. Uh, look, we, we like to have fun at the end of the year. We like to go through uh, all of the key moments, key players, uh, and all that kind of stuff to, to end the year on a positive note before we get into all the craziness of transfer season and the summer with, with the Euros for the women and a bunch of other stuff. So that's what we're going to do here. Uh, Jesse and Abdullah, are you guys ready for the extravaganza? Yeah, I'm excited, although I'm very aware I get very biased towards the end of the season in these things. Everything I think of, it's like it happened in the last month, and it's like I've already blanked the previous 10 months of the, the season. Yeah, when you do oh. ni- 900 podcasts in one year, it can it can be a, a, a real task to figure out what happened at the <laughs> beginning, your takes at the beginning. We should have gone with worst take. That should have been one of the awards. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. Uh, had, had some of those, sure. You know, We're going to win the Champions League, probably. That, I think that <laughs> yeah. would probably be over there for me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, what we're going to do in the episode is go through uh, some of our awards. These are absolutely real and not at all fake. So that's how you guys know <laughs> it's a quality show that we're going to produce here. And yeah, just have some fun with this. This is not meant to be a we're going to drag players, drag moments, whatever. It's going to be fun. So this is Nick's don't come for us on Twitter. Disclaimer. Hey. <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah, <laughs> they can come for me all they want. I get it plenty. Just leave the show alone yeah um if most if most of you had heard the five minutes before we started recording <laughs> then you will know you're gonna you're gonna you, you would be kind of surprised as to what they want to do for the rest of the episode but we'll see if that comes if that happens it was mostly us just chastising abdullah for not having uh different enough picks <laughs> if you don't get in the google doc quick enough you don't get it you don't get your answers Sorry. i redeemed myself <laughs> for the record i did redeem myself all right. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see what the people think. That's that's what really matters. Okay. Uh, so we're starting off our awards with a moment of the season, just kind of a broad look at at what the uh, what the season held for for the Chelsea women. Of course, winning two FA Cups in one year and the league again. Um, so, Jesse, what was your moment of the season? Yes, you know that bit where I just said I'm like really biased towards what happened. <laughs> My moment of the season was uh, coming back from two one down against United at half time. Just because if we'd walked that game and won the league, don't get me wrong, it would have been amazing. But there is something so satisfying from losing and feeling like it's out of your hands. You're seeing all the Arsenal fans getting a bit excited. Boom! Sam Kerr turns up and does two ridiculous goals, uh, and then and then you're winning four two. So yeah, that was my moment. Abdul, what about you? For me, it was um, beating Arsenal at Wembley in the fir- in the first epic FA Cup of of two. Just that three nil win was just unbelievable. Like, to me, it was like the turning point of the season. It was the first time really for the season you're like, damn, Chelsea showed up, man. This is this is. This is this is crazy. They're 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 really really good. Like you were like wow, and then the, the the quality of goals, just the occasion was just brilliant. So for me, that was the big moment of the season. Uh, yeah, mine besides Jesse jumping into my arms after said title win. Uh, that was beautiful. On, uh, it was a beautiful moment. <laughs> beautiful moment of the season. Beautiful moment. It's a yeah. separate award. <laughs> um, 
Emma's speech after winning the league, obviously we, we had the pleasure of being there that day. She uh, said fuck a lot, which was fantastic. But I think you could really see the energy and enthusiasm and passion she has for her players uh, in, in moments like this. She is absolutely undefeated in title winning speeches. So uh, love Emma Hayes for sure. All right. A, another absolutely prestigious award that the recipient will end up cherishing forever. Player of the season. Uh, Jesse, you, you went a, you, you kind of zigged, whereas Abdul and I kind of zagged a bit. Uh, why is Sam Curry your player of the season? Well, first of all, I know this will be the one that means the most to her, you know, ignore every single uh. award that she's, <laughs> you know, the league's player of the season, the club's like, this is the one that matters. Um, yeah. but yeah, I just think I've gone on about this all season that, the goals she has scored, the quality, the importance, the regularity, the reliability is just something that I feel like is so unmatched and has just, for me, put her head and shoulders above above everyone else. Just for the like the sheer consistency of it, like to be able to bail us out time and time and again. And the fact that, you know, some of them have been absolutely amazing, I think, to see her confidence kind of skyrocket as the season's gone on has been something that's been really, really enjoyable. So yeah, Sam Kerr, player of the season. I know it's the obvious choice, but I love her. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think as it kind of came down to the end of the year, Abdullah, there were kind of three main candidates in my mind for player of the season, right? Um, Sam, obviously, huge goal scorer, over 30 total goals for the, for the team this year. Uh, then you had Goro Ryden, who had a tremendous season uh, of her own. And then the final one is the one that you and I both had, which is Aaron Cuthbert. Um, what is your rationale for picking Aaron Cuthbert as your player of the season? I mean, to me, I think it's 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 something that I I almost I'm almost putting it down as both a, 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 a way of saying I told you so to kind of uh, it, not to anybody specific, but just a general this atmosphere saying i told you so because i was i was screaming about aaron Cuthbert being should be converted into a defensive midfielder or a central midfielder because i just felt like her traits were best utilized there considering the player that she was and obviously she played a right wing back and she had some really good performances and we're like wow she can play right wing back really well and then the minute she got moved in the second half of the season to central midfield a defensive midfield i was just like I've been saying this for like a year. I told you guys, like this is this is the moment. And but just her performances from defensive midfield, I to this point where I am like, Chelsea have one half of their double pivot done. That is, she has to be there. She is the future of that position. They just need to get a complementary player next to whether it's Melanie Leupold or someone new, whoever it is. So for me, just the performances across the different positions that she's been playing in takes it from me as player of the season. Obviously, Sam is the obvious choice. And without having to repeat Sam again, for me, it was just Aaron Cuthbert, his head and shoulders. Like, in terms of the performances for each of the positions that she's played, editing a high quality, takes it. Yeah, I mean, you think about where Aaron, uh, who was my pick as well, um, kind of started the season out, right? She didn't play the most matches last year. You know, she started as a right winger stroke, right wing back, and then was moved around a little bit and scored goals in those positions at the beginning of the year and, and was clearly kind of shot out of a cannon at the beginning of the season to kind of win her spot back. And then you see, you know, obviously we, we lose uh, Melly uh, in, in the you know kind of beginning of the season. You know, we can't figure out the right balance in midfield, uh, you know, between uh, Sophie and G and, uh, you know, 
perhaps even Jess Fleming, all that kind of stuff. And then you see Aaron Cuthbert just kind of make that role her own in her third different position. She scores an absolute banger in the women's FA cup final at the end of the year. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just, as a person, as a human being, absolutely love Erin uh, Cuthbert. She is uh, all the fire and rage that you expect with uh, with the humor that you, you might not expect. So uh, yeah, Erin Cuthbert, hands down for me, super important. Also scored in that uh, wonderful uh, United comeback at the end of the year. So deep breath, young player of the season. Again, these awards uh, will be on the mantle of, of the winner of this award. But again, Jesse uh, going in a bit of a different direction than Abdul and I did. Give us your thoughts as to why. Well, I have a bone to pick with you both because I believe I went in the correct direction because in brackets it says young player under 23 and the player that both of you have chosen is 23 so did she start the, <laughs> did she start the season <laughs> under 23 I don't know though. I don't know uh-huh. the uh-huh. I've gone for someone who is currently under 23 um I am checking um I think Anique just came into I feel like she's had a bit Maybe an underrated season, but to come into the back line when she did, when Magda was out, and we went on that insane home run where we like never conceded a goal when she was kind of paired with Millie. And I think she was a player who we thought maybe wouldn't get very many minutes, um, understandably, this season. I wouldn't have had a problem with that. Like She was always felt like she was one for the future. But I think to come in at a point where it was quite a tough time, it was a bit of a slog from that kind of January to March period and and look really self-assured and I think you've seen her kind of grow as a player as well I think her distribution on the ball like left a lot to be desired at the start of the season but it's something that felt like she really improved as she kind of settled into what it means to to play in that defense and to be you know 22 and looking pretty assured in a title winning defense is you know it feels like the only way is up okay Abdullah, do you have a retort to our Potential violation of the age requirement. Yes, because VAR. she only turned she <laughs> VAR <laughs> check. Uh, she turned twenty four on the eleventh of March, so it's a it's much later towards the end of the season Wait, when she, she turned twenty four. Is she twenty four? I thought she was twenty. Yes, she's twenty three until she's twenty four. She's twenty four. FB ref was lying to me. It's a real it's a real gamble that we threw so out you're, there. <laughs> so yeah. you're extra you're extra out of line. Yeah, it kind of feels that way right now. I'm Just because she's lie. got a baby face. Yeah. To be fair, she started the season at 23, so we're just going to hold on to that fact and sure. we're going to run with it. Sure. Right, Nick? We're just going to run with that. Um, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's what we say back <laughs> home, so let's go. I learned I learned it from the best. I learned from the best. Anyway, um, no, but I think I think, I think if we're, going, we're going with that. I think Jesse Fleming has just come head and shoulders. Uh to the fore of the club where there was a there was a portion in the middle of the season where she was just key. She was starting every game. Um and and she was really having an effect on mass- matches. And I think if I'm if I'm looking here, she's in 21 matches, she scored six goals. And for a player that played in a, in several different positions, center midfield, attacking midfield, wide, um, in all these different positions, you know, for a young player it can sometimes be a little bit detrimental to their their development just because of the fact that they're not nailed down in one position. But I felt like Jesse was able to, uh, obviously this Jesse as well, but the, the Jesse at Chelsea as well, where it was able to really, you know, come through with the performances and, uh, you know, really ma- make a mark, score the important goals. And, you know, there were, there were games where she won single-handedly on her own. So I think just because of that, uh, it's just been 
uh, it's it's my reason for being player of the, of the year. And you can you can apply the exact same thing I said to the Jesse sitting on this podcast. So that's, that's right. Putting that out there. That's Scores right. a bunch of late goals. <laughs> yeah. Does a exactly. bunch of the hard work. Smooth. Yeah. Yeah. smooth. Saves the day yeah. at time. You know, this, <laughs> there you go. Right? There I keep you meaning go. to make a Jess, Jesse eleven because I do feel you know extra close to players. That's yeah. right. Even though she spells it wrong, but. We're still, <laughs> we're still like that. But Jesse, Jesse, have I have I salvaged the fact that she is she was twenty three and now twenty four? No, no, I fixed you literally it. ignored the rules of the competition. I, but. I fixed it on the thing. I just changed it to U twenty four, so that we're good. <laughs> I, I got nice it done. Sort of Nick. Uh, nice. What, a couple of notes about Jesse Fleming. Um, not only uh, I think kind of broke through this year, but uh, has just as many goals in the team as Pernilla Harder and Frank Kirby, which I think would shock some people. Uh, and uh, came in with four assists as well. Um, so 10 goal contributions for a player that uh, only started 11 matches is uh, pretty okay. Um, so you got you got yourself a player there uh, for, for next year. All right, so we're going to move on to a category that may uh, have some overlap with a with a category later. Um <laughs> And this is this is most improved. Okay, so we're thinking about performance from last year to this year. Who really stepped up their game and and really contributed again to a three trophy season for for Chelsea women? Uh, Jesse, who do you have in this role? Yeah, there might be some similarities, I guess, for all of us <laughs> here. But for me, it's got to be Jess Carter. Um, yeah, I think to go from. The lack of minutes she played last season is crazy if you look back on it. I guess because she ended up in that Champions League run, I kind of felt like she played a lot more in the WSL than she actually did to basically play the vast majority of our minutes this year. And look, you know, I think we've genuinely seen her improve a lot over over just this season. Like when I think back to that 3-3 against Wolfsburg right at the start and like she was to blame for like quite a number of those Wolfsburg goals they didn't really have to work hard for them to the kind of leadership I feel like she's now showing towards the end of the season just really feels like it's indicated a player who has has kind of said you know that maybe she needed to get her arse in gear a bit like maybe she got comfortable when she was at Birmingham she came to Chelsea and it was a very different kind of professional environment and it feels like she has taken that step and, and put that effort in and you know some of her performances against Lauren Hemp have been outrageous like for me Lauren Hemp is one of the best wingers in the world and Jess Carter has on a number of occasions just kind of kept her in her pocket and I think in terms of kind of 1v1 defending it's hard to look at anyone else in the WSL who you'd, who you'd prefer to have in that position uh, I still think long term there's like more to go in terms of whether she is just going to become this ultra-defensive fullback, whether she's going to stay in the back three. I don't entirely know what that looks like, but the step she's taken forward this season has been really impressive. Abdullah, do you want to speak for yourself and me because we both had the same player in, in this role? Yeah, yeah, I, I can do that. I mean, uh, surprise, surprise, Jess Carter is, is, is our choice as well. And I think, you know, kind of on, on top of everything just, uh, Jesse said, I, I completely agree. And I think... You know, she's now kind of, to me, become this very realistic tactical option in big games that if you want to man mark somebody or you want to put, you know, you want to, you want to put her in a, in, a, in a position where you just need to defend in a certain position or role, 
I feel like Jess Carter can almost be can be trusted to do that now and, and do a decent job, you know, referencing what Jesse said about the performances against Lauren Hemp. If you can keep Lauren Hemp, you know, uh, in check to a certain extent, you know, being Jess Carter from where she's come from and even in general, then you know, you're you're good enough to to do to do something similar in on a Champions League or, you know, a top game stage where you um you know Maybe you play her at right, you know, right wing back, and just play like you just literally sit down and don't don't go anywhere. Just just defend that right flank or right center back or even you know number six. Or you or you could like pick these different variety of defense positions and and throw her there. And I feel like that to me that trust I think is is the biggest factor of her being the most improved player. All of that and more, but I would just say um, you're you're looking at a player who is twenty three. It clearly has a lot of game left in her career. And yeah, I mean, if you, if you get these kinds of focused performances, you know, that's a, a really good indication of a player who can really improve and step up and be a leader in this team eventually, uh, which is great. Comeback player of the season. So a little bit different than most improved, right? This is a player who already had a high level, but maybe didn't have the greatest year uh, previously. Uh, I think we all went for the same player again. These two categories were very kind of just they picked themselves almost, Jesse. But we all went for Girl Wrighton. Explain. Yeah, I think, you know, the Girl Wrighton story feels quite well rehearsed at this point. But kind of from coming on at halftime in that Champions League final to running through in this reinvented left wing back role for the entire season. I think it would be very easy for a player like Guru to have sat down at the end of last season and said, I want out. Like, I don't see how I get back into this team. But, you know, the shift in formation, her performances have kind of created that role for her. And now it feels like she is very un undroppable. But in terms of, you know, the kind of quality she creates going forward, those silly little dinked cross shot things that she obviously does on purpose, um, the way she's constantly caught swearing on camera and she's got that little baby face like all of it is just hits me right in the feels jesse you know that oh, it's just she's so fun to have in your football team and i think chelsea did kind of feel like maybe they were kind of missing that baby-faced assassin nature last season when we didn't play her so much and i just think the 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 kind of creative quality she offers from that from that left wing is is very impressive and to just kind of roll back and show all the stuff that we saw in that 2019-20 season has been so impressive. Any any further notes, Abdul? Yeah, I just I just want to add it just like that 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 reference of coming on in the Champions League final last season and playing that left wing back role just very much Marcus Alonso vibes against the Arsenal in that halftime coming on and that just changed everything from the three of the back system. It just again left wing back left wing back thing it. it it's it's very uh, it's very reminiscent of that, and then I think again another pivotal moment in the way a player has come and reinvented themselves in a different position and, and been able to really perform, even if not to a to the, the same level, to a, to a more improved level. And uh, you know, I, you know, I feel like you know, Guru has every game excited us every time she's played, and you know, I'm 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 just excited to see how she grows. And again, another younger young player that can grow even more to her peak. Yeah, I mean, you think about the sauce. I'm a big fan of the sauce. She brought the sauce this year. Um, you know, I think one of my favorite moves of the season, uh, you know, came uh, against Arsenal where she kind of crossed up and then drove a shot. You kind of 
back post and, you know, miracle uh, goal, but it was fantastic. And like, you, you look at moments like that, right. It, it brings the team closer to believing that anything's possible when you have moments of individual brilliance, right. When you can rely on a player to do something a little bit different than what's happening on the field. And so I always appreciate a player like that. The swearing, that's an automatic plus in my book that shows me a real person. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, you're talking about just between the champions league and the super league or, uh, yeah, the women's super league, eight goals, four assists. Um, I'm honestly surprised it's not higher, but I think her goals are more memorable for whatever reason. So yeah. maybe I'm counting them twice in my head. Who knows? Um, all right. So we're going to move on to best transfer business. And look, this was not a year where Chelsea did a lot of transfer business um, or, or I would say a lot of high profile transfer business. So we're, we're getting creative here, Jesse. Yeah, this isn't really a transfer, but it kind of is. It's, it's the business that you do so you don't have to do more transfer business. And that is renewing Sam Kerr. I remember exactly where I was when I got the text saying that she was going to renew. That's how much it meant to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are like, I remember like when I found out that like my wife was pregnant or whatever. No, I remember where I was when I found out Sam Kerr was renewing. And I just think it really showed kind of a commitment from her to the club. And I think what what felt really nice about that is there are certain clubs in the WSL which every year seem to have a bit of an exodus of players where it becomes apparent that maybe the environment there isn't that nice and I think even if Sam had left I obviously wouldn't have felt like that about Chelsea but her renewing felt like a vindication that the environment that the club and Emma have created is one that is conducive to one of the best players in the world wanting to stay there and compete and you know for that to kind of come after we'd flamed out of the Champions League for that still to be like, no, we're going to go again. We're going to push to win stuff domestically. I'm going to score a million goals for you for more seasons. All of that. I just, you know, I I think it's really impressive from the club to keep her. And, and I love that. I feel like she's really like, by staying, putting that stamp on herself as a Chelsea legend. Abdullah? Um, for me, it's, um, I think, keeping Beth England. I think I think keeping Beth England at the club when you know there was a lot of reason for her to just leave on loan at the very least because last season she didn't get that many game that much game time and you know you think about it, you go when you got Panilla you've got Fran you've got Sam how are you supposed to break into that team when ninety percent of the time those three are going to start and otherwise it's uh, only in, in case of an injury and at the beginning of the season you know when she got those cameo roles it was like you know you're not really grabbing them you know correctly to enough to, to to get um to get you more consistent starts and it, it just felt like after january february she just had this renewed mindset and then that came in handy when fran obviously unfortunately went out with illness you know bething that came in and just started performing week in week out you know the bething that we know and um maybe there weren't that many goals but just the way she played up front to replicate what the team wanted to do for me was was such a, a blessing in terms of the, the fact that they needed somebody to step up. Obviously, it could have been Jesse Fleming playing in that same position, but Beth England kept it and, and she showed that she still got the quality. And it's the kind of depth that you need at a club like Chelsea. So for me, it was keeping Beth England. So we could have just said best business instead of best transfer business. Mine is actually a transfer. And you can have one. Uh, again, you think of the way that this team went through some center back injuries this year and multiple formations and 
were trying to find themselves at the back, which ended up being a really successful you know, defensive season for Chelsea in terms of goals allowed and things like that. But uh, this is a player for the future, uh, and she slotted in almost right away. Uh, there was no one to two year betting in period that Emma Hayes has, has wanted to do with some of our younger players. This was kind of a uh, needs must situation. And it was nice uh, that, that she was able to come in and contribute significantly in her first year. Uh, if we have a best business or best transfer business section, that means that there, there's probably a worst uh, transfer business section as well. Uh, and a lot of these will just be uh, complaints. Uh, so I'm going to start off the complaint section with uh, with Jesse. Yeah, for me, not buying a fullback was the most obviously bad idea that we had. Look, we know there were offers made to certain fullbacks who ended up at Paris Saint-Germain this season. For whatever reason, it didn't work out. You know, it wasn't. For Name lack of names. trying. Names, please. <laughs> I think everyone will know <laughs> by that description who I'm talking about. But, um, you know, clearly efforts were made. The market wasn't quite there. Don't exactly know why. My worry is, is that this will be our worst bit of transfer business next season too. But, you know, hopefully. I just think it was so apparent how inflexible we kind of had to become like I like elements of the back three and we have played a back four at points but I think it really feels like you're shoving square pegs into round holes with the back four with the squad as it is and I think when you kind of look at the the Champions League exit it feels like those were the kind of issues where it was such an obvious part of the squad to upgrade as much as we can talk about you know, what Jonna was able to offer at the end of the season, how much Jess improved, et cetera, et cetera. These are still not necessarily players who are, like, really sparkling. Um, As much as, like, I love them as players, they're not the level that you kind of want. And I think part of it is I just think Emma Hayes likes shiny attacking players. And fair play. Like, I think I would too if I was a manager. <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll buy the, you know, creative stuff and the goals. But sometimes you need to get, you know shiny defensive players too yeah i mean abdullah when you watch the the champions league this year i I think that is the area frankly that you know if you were to improve one part of chelsea and make them immediate contenders to reach another final that that's probably it um which leads directly into yours yeah so i think i agree and i think for me it was it's I think it's letting John Anderson go, and and I say and I say this with the caveat that I a hundred percent agree with Jesse, but I mean having the fullback number of fullbacks that we did plus one, right? Not now losing one more natural one, and then having to now almost in, in effectively buy two, you know, when they're already such a rare commodity in, in European football, right? So. For me, you know, she you saw the improvement. You saw the real John Anderson towards the end of the season, what she could offer, what she can do. She was coming on and changing games, which we hadn't seen for a long, long time. You know, so for me, I would have tried to maybe convince her to stay and then add on top of her, on top of her and getting more rather than letting her go and now putting yourself in a situation where teams know you're desperate to buy at least a couple of fullbacks. So it just becomes a lot, lot harder to to bring in players in that position. Yeah, my, mine is a sentimental one um, and largely due to the end of the season and all that kind of stuff. But I, I'm going to really miss G. I think letting 
Jigo is, uh, you know, it might be the right time, uh, as Jesse said on the show before, but uh, until you fill that creative void and that creative void uh, help Chelsea at the end of the season win stuff, uh, I think that is a, it's a weird bit of business, frankly. Um, but, you know, that's that's just me looking at results and stuff, being a being a pragmatist. So, um, I'm, yeah. yeah. What? I was what do you say, got? I'm surprised that, uh, Jesse didn't say letting uh, letting Drew Spence go. Who's going to be the John Obi McKill closer sub now? I know. Who's we'll be the have closer? to find someone else who kind of doesn't play very many. We've had a bit of a clear out, you know. I reckon it'll be Mara Mielda. She's got that vibe all over her, doesn't she? Scoring last minute winners. Let's go. Love yeah, that. Exactly. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick ad break. Uh, thank you to the sponsors for supporting our shows. When we're, when we're back. We have a bunch of fun awards uh, that, that include Armband, Aura, Mea Culpa, Need to See More, et cetera, et cetera. So stick around. We'll be right back. All right. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because, well, it's hard to get a lot of micronutrients in. You know, we're all focusing on our macros with protein, carbs, and, and fat. And now we got to add the micronutrients from fruits and vegetables. It's just hard to eat that many servings a day. So uh, I started doing it just to make my life a lot more efficient. I'm getting better gut health and a more uh, durable, resistant immune system. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Again, I do it. It's easy. It's fast. It's quick. Uh, I throw up my shaker usually on my way home from work, drink it, it, it goes down quickly. Uh, and like I said, you get six servings of vegetables a day very easily. Uh, but hey, don't listen to me. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and it's trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills, supplements to look out for your gut health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to say, give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash London is blue to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Uh, as you know, we are kind of continuing our end of season um, fun content between uh, end of season reviews and awards, which you are currently listening to. We're also going to have Keep Sell Loan coming up for both the men's and women's team, which will be fun. Uh, never done before with the women's team, but we're going to make a real attempt of it. And uh, and look, uh, tons of content as it pertains to transfers and the new ownership of the club, et cetera. So just follow us, rate, review, do all that fun stuff. Okay. Armband Aura. So, Jesse, Dan explained this category to me the other day um, as player who kind of uh, who isn't the current captain, who exhibited captain like qualities uh, throughout the season. And so when I originally put in Asby for the men's review, he chastised me for being an idiot, which I was. So this player cannot be the captain, but shows captain like qualities. Who do you have? 
Uh, I went with Erin Cuthbert. I've said it before on this show that I feel like she's got the armband aura. I don't think I use such a catchy phrase, but I do like that <laughs> phrase. So I will be using it from now on. <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, when you guys like picked Erin as your player of the season, like I totally get that. Like, I think she's had an amazing season. I think the way she speaks about how she fits into this team, you know, even the way she speaks about like saying that she kind of did preseason as number 10 and then she's like a wing back and then she's been shoved into this kind of like midfield role. But all of that is just such an energy of like, it's all for the team. Everything's for Chelsea. And she will always give a hundred percent. She's always out there like absolutely barking at players i said it before but i've got no idea how anyone understands what she's saying <laughs> it's almost impossible when you're trying to figure out i need <laughs> yeah, captions literally. jesse come on <laughs> literally um so yeah i just feel like her kind of energy and dedication to the team really you know it, i think maybe especially because our current captain is a bit more well I mean we'll get onto this she's normally more reserved so I feel like that's why Erin like kind of comes in as being having this like great a bit more like active angry energy and kind of really stands out yeah I I had Erin as well um it's less it's less to me about what you say and more to me about what you do you know we we talked about in the uh, United review when we when we won the league um she was a player who decided to take that really difficult match into her hands and say, no, I'm going to help fix this instead of shrinking away from the challenge. Right. She's the person who uh, scored in the FA cup final when we were up against the run of play. Right. Like this is, this is a player who not only gives it all, but gives it all until uh, she wants to drop and then doesn't drop and just keeps going. Like I, I really, respect that you know i think you see real parallels between her and mason uh, on the men's side and just the way that they have taken on so much responsibility at such a young age um and it, it is it's just tremendous and you add in that she's just a fantastic personality around the team and uh seems to be really happy uh doing you know kind of emma hayes bidding in midfield like you're you're just uh you're in love with this player and so yeah i think I think that's one for the future right there, Abdullah. But you have someone different, so counterpoint. I do, because, see, I would have, and I wanted to go Aaron Cuthbert, but I said, um, you know what? I'm not. I'll, I'll be different. And I went with Penilla Hada because I just think that that just, Penilla Hada is just, like, cool personified, just, like, baller vibes to me. Just, like, she steps on the pitch and suddenly you're like, Okay, I'm intimidated. Like, there's that 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 presence, that aura there, and she almost like doesn't even. I mean, she is one of those vocal leaders as well that doesn't have the armband, but you could almost counter as you don't even have to say anything, and you will just listen to Penny Lahada and just do what she needs you to do without her saying anything. So for me, Penny Lahada takes that. Um, and and you know what? It's unfortunate she wasn't on the pitch as much as I think we would have liked her to be on the pitch, especially the second half of the season. And I think. You saw the game against Birmingham. She took the game. She scored the winning penalty, and you just saw like ice cold, you know, vibes from hers. And I think we needed more Panila in those games that were really, really close, uh, which could have made things could have made a difference. So for me, Panila Hard is the one. Uh, you have a another category here, Mea culpa. Who who have you uh, as as a pundit on this show 
maybe uh, not had the best things to say about who you want to make an apology to. Uh, let's start with you, Jesse. Yeah, I have shit talked Jess Carter so much, I think, <laughs> at points this season. And I need to hold my hands up because maybe she was listening. Maybe I was the motivation, guys. I'm going to take credit for it, in fact. There you go. There um, you go. Way to make that self-serving. That's fun. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely, I feel like what she's done is kind of what I wanted her to do is cut the silly mistakes. And Emma Hayes told her she had to cut the silly mistakes. She's looked at Millie Bright and thought, if I'm in a tricky situation, what would Millie do? Boot the ball out the ground. And that is the answer. And that is, I think genuinely not a small part of why she, it feels like she's jumped so much because she's always I think had that kind of defensive quality like you don't play for Birmingham in the Champions League when you're 16 years old if you're not like talented but it's maybe been that decision making which is why I've been rude to her and she has sorted it out so Jess I'm sorry I love you congratulations very happy for you very nice look at that Abdullah <laughs> who is your player that you want to say your uh, your your may help us too? Yeah, so I think I got to apologize to G, um, mainly because I remember the beginning of the season when we when we lost when Chelsea lost to Arsenal in that three two at the Emirates. I was like, can't have G in the team. Yes, she's great, creative. She does it, but against the big games, the big teams, you can't play her. Liability, blah 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 blah. And now I look back at the performances in the last few games, in the last few months of the season. You're like. Maybe I was a little bit wrong because G kind of proved herself and it ended up being the system that was really needed some some balancing and rejigging, not the player. So that's probably on me. So that's where I'm going to say, G, I'm sorry. You didn't have to leave because I said those things. You could have just talked it out. You could have stayed. You know, we could have worked things out and then we could have, you know, still been here at Chelsea. But it is what it is. Okay. And, and I will go with Beth. Um, this is a player that I was not sure of, of her role this season. You know, I think at the beginning of the season, she had some really lackluster performances that, you know, did not necessarily sit super well with me. And and I was just curious as to, like, how she would exist in a team full of Pernilla Harders and Sam Kerr's and Frank Kirby's and Aaron Cuthbert's and Jesse Fleming's and all of these uh, players who were who were playing better at the time. And, you know, to see her step up when Fran and and uh and Pernilla went down this year to to form that kind of partnership with uh, with Sam uh, through some really difficult matches uh, at the end of the season, uh, and to still come through it, I think, uh, with some really important goals is uh, really impressive. So a mea culpa to Beth England. Uh, on, on the back of a mea culpa, we're going to go get stuck in right again uh, and and go to need to see more category players who. You know, perhaps we, we need to see step up into the most improved category next year. Uh, who do you have, Jesse? I've got a player who I kind of cynically said before the show we could count as worst transfer business, oh, which no. would maybe be hard. <laughs> <laughs> but Lauren James, uh, I don't think it's Lauren's fault. I think there are plenty of good reasons why we've not seen much of her this season. But at the same time, we basically spent a record amount of money, I think, for a inter-WSL transfer on a player who we saw play about one minute the whole season. Um, I think it's not what 
we expected to happen. I think even if maybe we knew that she wasn't going to like walk into the team, there was lots of other shiny attackers that Emma Hayes had signed. I still thought we'd, we'd maybe get a bit more than we did. And it's been a bit of a shame because when you have a big headline signing and then you literally don't see them play all season, it it can feel a bit dispiriting, I think. But look, we all know there's like a fantastic quality player there. And Hayes has shown time and again that she's normally right about, you know, keeping players, giving players the time to get fit, to get acclimatised to her system She's a big believer in not pushing players if they're kind of at the limit. And Lauren is someone who's struggled with a lot of injuries over her career and she's very young. So I think it all made sense, but I want to see more. Fair enough. Uh, Abdul, who do you have? For me, it's got to be Neve Charles. I think, mm. um, yeah. you know, had a great season, season, you know, last season, you know, such a big comeback, such a big... Um, such a big, uh, you know, player breakthrough got converted into this right wing back, you know, really played well, had an impact. And I think this season, obviously, you know, hardly played for the first few months of the season. And it was a very stop start thing. And she started showing a little bit of form towards the end when she was getting into the team regularly again and kind of playing and getting into the rhythm. But, you know, I, th- I think overall, I think it's a player that has so much potential. And I think it's more my, my, my choice is more because there's so much potential to do big things. Um, that I, I, I think that Neil Charles needs to maybe hopefully step up next season and kind of do what Aaron did and just basically produce an Aaron-like performance in their season. Just like, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that I'm in this team and I'm so important that you can't drop me in, in any single game. So that's that's what I want to see from, from Neil Charles. Yeah, I, I went a bit of a different direction. I thought Neil was a, a really good pick. Um, I, I would say AKB, uh, which sounds weird because she you know was possibly our player of the season last year with her performances, but tailed off this year. Um, this was not a vintage AKB year. Um, there were times where she was replaced by Zatir Musevich uh, as the number one. Uh, it was actually surprising uh, to see her play in the last couple of games of the season with so much on the line, just given her performances. But, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, if, if she's a part of the squad next year, that she can step it up again and kind of see that 2021 uh, or 2020, 2021 season form instead of what we saw this year so let's let's get back to that um on the back of that though we have master of the dark arts a fun award this is uh, on the men's side called the antonio rudiger legacy award um but uh on on the women's side jesse who do you have in the master of the dark arts role yeah straight at same as your last answer akb because there is no one i think better than her at doing the time-wasting stuff, all the fake injuries. We love to see it. I think even when she got sent off, like, it summed against Spurs, it really summed up, like, maybe she's not, like, a full master yet. Maybe she's the apprentice of the Dark Arts, to be fair. But it really felt like she was trying to plead innocence in this moment and the ref was having absolutely none of it. But you could tell AKB thought that maybe she was going to get away with it because it took so long <laughs> to send her off. And the ref was like, no, like, yeah. mate, you are done. <laughs> like, <laughs> goodbye. So, yeah, maybe this should be Apprentice of the Dark Arts. But honestly, that the, the quality to always find a new body part to be injured is just... Chef's kiss for me. Beautiful, yeah. And and look, Abdul, Master of the Dark Arts doesn't have to be as 
as flamboyant as as a Rudiger. Um, they they can be a little bit more subtle in, in their actions, but still get the job done. Still be an antagonist for the for the opposition. Absolutely, and I think that name is is Millie Bright because uh, I I was just checking I was just checking online. I'm like, you know, Millie Bright is this 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 big defender. You know, you look at her, she's like she's she's massive and she's able to you know just bully defend you know attackers off the ball. I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure I've hardly seen Millie Bright brandish with a yellow card. So I went and checked, and if the site I was looking at was correct. Um, she only had three yellow cards in the WSL. I'm like, really? Only three? Like, <laughs> wow. That's okay. pretty surprising, to be fair. That's pretty surprising. And I'm like, and she's like in the thick of tackles all the time. So I thought, right, credit where credit's due. Millie's done it. So uh, yeah, for me, it's got to be Millie Bright. Yeah, I, I, I went with something a little bit more subtle. A little bit, you know, one, one that you might not expect. And it's an attacker. Uh, and that's Pernilla Harder. I think when Pernilla gets into a spot of rage, which does happen from time to time, you see maybe the occasional elbow fly out, perhaps get really stuck into a tackle. But because she's an attacker, it doesn't come off like the way that like Millie would, where it's so obvious, like you have a big body hitting a small body and the small body goes flying. This is a little bit uh, less uh, in your face, a little bit more subtle. And I think when she starts to get away with these little uh, fouls and tackles and, and little moments that she really becomes part of the shithouse uh, core of the team. And I like that for my leader. So that, that's good. Um, on to a fun one. Goal of the season. There are a ton of options for goal of the season. There are too many options for goal of the season. There are some absurd goals scored this year by the Chelsea women's team. So we had to narrow it down to three and to be fair, any one of these could be it, or there could be another one that we didn't mention. But uh, Jesse, we're going to start off with you. Yeah, I actually still haven't kind of made up. I I wrote Sam on like a million different occasions because there's so many that I loved. But I think if I'm going to actually go with it, yeah. if I'm going to pick one, I'm going to pick the lob against Wolfsburg. Mainly because at that point in time, I felt like life was so rosy exciting we were gonna win the champions league everything was great i know that portion of our season went downhill but it just was such an amazing goal under the lights of king's meadow i know there are other lobs she did later in the season that were probably technically better but it was a really great moment and i think one that's been forgotten because we didn't do anything in the champions league so i'm gonna give credit where it's due that goal was sick abdullah for me, it's 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 got to be Sam Kerr again, but it's Sam Kerr's goal in that FA, the first FA Cup final that we had in December. Uh, just that goal was just, I, I think I, it, it might not be like spectacular, it wasn't a worldie, but context of the game, Sam Kerr being in the form of her life and the way she was able to A, beat, I think it's lots of women Moy uh, in the one-on-one -on -one race and then just getting into that left channel position and then just, you know, making go all over the place, the, the the turn, the finish. I was just like, that's that was just brilliant. And that was the catalyst to getting the third goal and just really asserting the dominance of the game. So for me, like that goal was just so memorable and uh, it just capped off such a, a brilliant night that night. Yeah, I, I was between the Sam Kerr against United off the chest lob. Uh, it was just, I mean, I saw it in real life and it was perfect. It was everything that you'd want. 
but I think I'm going to go in a bit of a di- different direction. And this is Pernilla Harder solo run against United where she snatched four or five souls along the way, uh, tore a couple of ACLs, maybe an ankle, uh, got dislocated in the process. It was just a stunning bit of individual work. Um, and like I think as you watch that again, it was, I think, the goal of the season for me because so many people were taking the video clip and going, dear God, what just happened here? And like, it was like, if I look back, it's just like, wow, that's incredible. It's, it's I think between that and the Sam Kerr chip against Arsenal, which are like two of the Twitter moments of the year. But yeah, uh, Pernilla Harder, absolutely snatching souls. It was the way she did the same thing against United in the Conti Cup, <laughs> but then also pulls that face where she's like, pulls a little shocked face because she knows what she's done. Um, and I think she actually did do Aoife Mania's ACL, which is like quite sad, but I, so I, like didn't, I didn't actually know that. So. She did it on the one you picked. Oh, okay. She did on the Conti Cup one. So okay. yeah, yeah, that was that was bad oh. times for Aoife, who is lovely. But yeah, Peniel Hardes hates Man United, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, well, yeah, d- did him dirty twice. So uh, there you go. Uh, moment that made you laugh. Uh, I think the harder run made me laugh, but there are some others here that are, are equally good moments. Jesse, please uh, attest to yours. <laughs> For me, I saw this in person. It was amazing. Sam bodying the pitch invader in the Kings Meadow game against Juventus. Just such good, top quality entertainment. That classic thing where you're like, why has it been left? to the players to sort this out but if a player is gonna sort it out Sam Kerr nailed it and you know I just feel like for all her fancy like goals and all that exciting stuff like that was like Sam's true energy there in that moment the the pitch invader should have gone to midfield I mean there's actually an enforcer at each level of the field but you picked either Sam Kerr or he's lucky he didn't come across Millie Bright at the other Absolutely. side. She would have gone in two-footed uh, and just skied him out. He just gone stadium. out of King's Meadow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like one of her clearances, he's just gone. Um, yeah, there's a fantastic moment. Obviously, absurd that it happened in the first place and security needs to be sorted. It's way too easy to do these pitch invasions. Fucking figure it out. Um, all right, Abdullah, what about you? Uh, for me, it was just Sam's reaction moment in the same FA Cup final where she just she just goes like, she like did, that was yeah she did the Eden Hazard that, on fire she did the Eden Hazard thing oh. that was for me like that made me laugh so hard because I in that moment you're like that's becoming an instant reaction uh, gift gif to like so many things that's such, such a classic moment I was like that is that is classic Sam Kerr in a nutshell I just thought I just started laughing for me it was just it was just a hilarious moment and uh yeah I, I liked it uh, Nick I, I do quite like yours yeah I so this player has not had a mention yet uh on this podcast I don't think but Zachary Musevich social media all-star does all of the all of the best content from the Chelsea women's team as a player uh, posted some amazing content this year, really self-deprecating, funny uh, vibes. I, anything that she does on social, I'm in. Uh, count me in as an automatic like. You might as well just put a bot on there and go, nope, Nick Ferlini like that. There you go. Fantastic. Um, all right, shithouse moment of the season. Again, we're talking about awards that are near and dear to my part here. Uh, Jesse, who do you have uh, for shithouse moment of the season? Having said she can be like quite 
quiet. My favourite, like, shithousey moment was when Magda Eriksson squared up to Rachel Williams. A much gift moment on the internet. I'm not sure if it was much gift for the football reasons or for other <laughs> other reasons, but, mm. um, yeah. I don't know why people would enjoy watching that. Uh, but, yeah, just because I think maybe she is quite reserved... I loved seeing her, like, just go for it. Also because it was, like, a really tense game. I think, was the tackle actually on Penela? I don't know if that's true. Maybe I've made that up. Maybe I've added gay narrative to this that isn't there. (laughs) Um, Also just because, like, I love Magda, but I am actually pretty convinced, like, she should, like, don't fight Rachel Williams. Like, that woman is terrifying. So (laughs) all of that, I was just like, you go for it, gal. Like, love that from you. Adding gay narrative is just <laughs> adding gay narrative is the story of my life. Yeah. Abdul, what about you? Uh, I think for me, it's AKB and the the time wasting injury theatrics that happen in like most games that we need to just kind of wind down the clock. It's like, oh look, AKB's done at the seventy second minute. Oh no, what an injury! It's okay, physios, come on, okay, go. 90th minute cramp. Oh, you know what? You need to, I, it's, I love it. It's, it's, big, it's fantastic. She's a big user of the cramp, uh, and yeah, which is cramp. hilarious for a goalkeeper <laughs> due to the little amount of movement that really happens in a game. Um, it, it's great when keepers do that. It's like you're going down <sighs> with cramp. And I, 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 I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty sure this happens, but players just don't go, really? Really? You want us, <laughs> you really want us to buy that? I look, I'm down with cramp. The physio has to come. And then the, the minute the physio comes on, um, it's like, well, Sorry, we've got to have to stand here in a couple of minutes here. So it is what it is. I'm not sure if I'm making this up. I remember a match in January when things were pretty bleak where she like barely touched the post and went down and was like grabbing. She started grabbing her, her back or shoulder yes, and then it, yes, and then it yes, moved yes. down to her elbow right away. And I was like, I remember now that. hold on. <laughs> you you got to pick one. <laughs> yeah. You got to really hone in on, on one. I think it treatment. was after a, I think it was after a corner. So it was almost like, oh, I went for the, for the, for the reach. Oh, you know, uh, my shoulder. Actually, uh, it was my elbow. You know, yeah. it's my elbow. Family guy, family guy style. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what that is. Uh, I, I really, I, I think the one that, that resonates with me because I do love making fun of Arsenal at every chance one can get, uh, the, uh, title winning celebration where I believe it was Millie and Aaron, uh, dropping to their knees, uh, in celebration, mocking Jonas Idaval, uh, f- who did that in the opening match of the season where he thought he had won the league only to then <laughs> Arsenal it up and lose it later on. It was just a chef's kiss moment uh, for me, a perfect encapsulation of the Chelsea women's fighting spirit. And uh, yeah, fuck Arsenal. How about that? There you go. Uh, We're going to go to our last two awards of the year. Uh, Least favorite moment. We do have to put a little sadness in this otherwise happy affair. Uh, Jesse, what was your uh, least favorite moment? Mine was just because she really annoys me. She might not annoy me in July, but she really annoys me every other <laughs> month of the year. But Beth Mead scoring at the Emirates in the free 2 loss just because I find it irritating and the goal was offside and she was so <laughs> smug about it because she's always quite smug and it shouldn't have even counted. And then everyone got really excited and thought Arsenal were the best thing in the world. And they were wrong, obviously. So that was kind of funny. But yeah, just in that moment, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe WSL's back. We're here at the Emirates. We're all really excited. And now I just have to watch Beth Mead like, 
kind of living her best life with a goal that should have even counted. I will say the counter to that, Jesse, is the camera close-ups when we beat them twice in the FA Cup and the sadness then of taking the uh, runners-up medal and then just getting eliminated in the semifinals. Those were those were pretty great. Uh, Abdullah, what about you? Yeah, and on the bright side, Jesse, you know, you, you just that moment you were like, nine months later, I'll be waiting. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back to this moment. And here you are. This is I mean, moment. Arsenal season is the perfect like encapsulation, encapsulation of hubris. Like all that whole game at the Emirates was just like, this is why you don't celebrate too soon. On all of these things. Yeah. But in that moment, it was awful. Yeah. So having said that, my least favorite moment was the was the four nil loss to Wolfsburg. See, I I'm okay with a loss sometimes, but when you're losing four nil in a Champions League group stage against Wolfsburg like that, you're like. Oh, that hurts. You know that that's 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 that one that stings for for a while, right? And you you even look back at the result. You just I mean, looking at it in the script here, I'm like, it's four nil to Wolfsburg. I mean, wow. I mean, all that being said, Wolfsburg reached the semifinal of the Champions League, so that's a different story. So, so we lost to, you know, opponents that were worthy of going through to the last stages, but. The manner in which they lost in the beginning, I was like, wow, that's that's a bad one. So that was probably my least favorite moment. Yeah, that's that's the one where you're like, the hangover is clearly still on. Like there is no, <laughs> we're uh, we're not we're not quite there yet this year. Uh, I'm gonna have a, a a really easy one, which is losing Fran to illness yet again. I mean, this is um, you know, especially considering her season last year, she's Player of the Year. She had all these goal contributions. Her and Sam were telepathic in their partnership, and then to really not get full full Fran again uh, this year is is really disappointing. Obviously, hope that she is well and that she's healthy, and that's the first thing that matters. But would love to see her kind of return back next year and, and have another brilliant season. So, uh, we're gonna finish this one, this elongated version of the podcast, the awards with most surprising moment of the season. Okay, so we're talking about something that really put some shock and awe into you, Jesse. What do you have? Zachira Musovic getting the assist for the last minute winner. At Aston Villa, if if I had known that at the start of the season that what was our second choice goalkeeper now kind of question marked would finish the season with an assist to her name, I would have been pretty surprised just even that. And for it then to happen, when you know, like if she doesn't smash that ball long towards Millie Bright playing centre forward and kind of have it run over everyone to Sam, we don't win the league. So. Zachira, that shocked and amazed me, and I loved it. So there we go. How about that? If your goalkeeper doesn't assist, what is she really even doing, Abdullah? There you go. Yeah, exactly. Especially the one that's your social media queen as well. So I mean, it's just it's just more content for for Zachira to to, to use on on social media every time. So she's creating her own content, you know, like thing right now, just on the pitch while she's playing. I mean, that's the that's the talented kind of players that we have at, at Chelsea. Football Videoed Club, the so. whole thing while she was <laughs> exactly. Doing it. Exactly the whole thing. She's just making she's making reels. Um, I think for me the most surprising thing was just the early exit in the Champions League. It's, you don't expect Chelsea after the season they had before getting to the final. You expect them to be there thereabouts to get out in the group stage. You're like, what? What the hell just happened? Like, did you, they didn't really get out of the Champions League. I mean, Juventus and Wolfsburg are good teams. But Chelsea should be beating. I'm like, you don't need to rub this in. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, look. 
It's we got it. We got it. Solved, I think it was my guy. <laughs> we've, we've, I've had this narrative in my head every day since yeah. December the whatever. Yeah. I am done. I won't rub any more salt in the wounds. I'm done. Okay. You get my point. He's he's done, he says. Um, all right. So I have barely beating Birmingham uh, at the end of the season. That was a uh, that was a day where uh, where Chelsea men and Chelsea women played back to back in both shockingly boring and horrible games, and the fact that we only beat the the twelfth team uh, in the in the league by a dodgy ish penalty was uh, very surprising, and of course kind of set the table to win the league at the uh, in the last game of the year, but. It was just not the vintage performance that you were hoping for against a team that was clearly uh, struggling and had like a minus 40 goal differential at the time. So <sighs> deep breath. Uh, look, guys, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to pass it along for final thoughts. And and of course, if you've listened to this show, you've also listened to the season and review show that we're doing with a very special guest. Uh, so, you know, kind of pass these along to your friends. But Jesse, what's your overall kind of final thought on the awards that were given out today yeah i think it feels like it's nice doing this kind of thing because it does make you kind of take in the whole season and and see all of it it's easy to get caught up i think in the last bits and it worked out well for us like we had a great end of the season obviously but i think it's nice to look at what improved but also start like kind of getting the cogs turning on on what do we want to happen next season and that just feels exciting because i'm looking forward to discussing all of that with you guys basically that's right absolutely abdullah what about you yeah 100 percent. i think um it's it's nice to come full circle look at kind of what we what we've seen through the season and it just it just marks the end of another uh usually trophy laden season as as this one was and uh you know you get you get moments like zichir musevich with a last minute assist to to reflect on it and look back and go that actually happened so uh yeah love it you know we've been we've been recording all season our first season is pretty much almost over and uh it's it's been great it's been great recording with you guys and look forward to the summer and and the next new season that's right i think we all uh are ready for for pastures new after the craziness that the end of the season brought uh it was wonderful to get a meet up with uh with jesse in person and do a little bit of, of potting while we were there and also do a bunch of uh, beersing and and ginning as well. Uh, that was that was fun. Uh, ginning is winning, uh, like I say. And uh, yeah, look, guys, uh, we are back with a ton of content this summer. Do not think for a moment that we'll be taking uh, a, a whole ton of time off. But yeah, special thanks to Jesse and Abdullah for uh, for really piloting uh, the first uh, season of the show. And we're going to be back and even better than ever uh, for. Uh, this summer and beyond. So again, uh, until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>